2: Seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Well, we've been following this and following it, and we are probably about an hour and, I'm sorry, two hours and 23 minutes away from the Commerce Department releasing the second quarter GDP. Look, anything is possible, uh, but I find it incomprehensible that the Biden administration, because they're very corrupt, so it's, it's pretty easy. If you just think the opposite that you think, and you can think just like them. You don't cheat. They cheat. You're honest. They're crooked. You're not corrupt. They're corrupt. It's, it's simple. People ask me all the time, how do you do it? It's very simple. Just think like you would, and then whatever the opposite of that is, there's your answer. And I promise you, you will be right. infinity percent of the time. So I've just always believed that from the moment all because when weird things happen, they happen for a reason. Now, it could be that they don't know. But yet all the data supports that we will have negative. GDP for the second quarter added to a negative first quarter equals recession. I went back in time. The last 10 times that we had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, what do you think in all 10 instances, what do you think happened? No suspense. I'll give you the answer. 10 out of 10, it was called a recession because that's what it is. I don't know about you, I am beyond sick and tired of this administration that lies about everything. You know, understand, even though the gas prices have gone down 40 50 cents a gallon, it's not for a good reason. It's not for a good reason at all. This this situation has to be fixed. And it has to be fixed correctly and it gets fixed when we take back our energy independence then we'll be fine like we were up until this administration and make no mistake about it it is their decided philosophy to drive these energy costs up they want this How they can ever win elective office, how any enough of the American people, forgive me for saying this, because I hold you harmless, but how a percentage of the American people, which is enough to bring them into power. For them to do these things, how stupid can they be? Who would do this to themselves? You have a clear conscience. They should be ashamed of themselves. How do, you, how do you even consider bringing people like this into power to do these things? So make no mistake about it. It's not bad luck. You know, sometimes a president comes on board at a bad time. Just, you know, Carter was unlucky. Reagan was lucky. No, it's not that simple. It's not how it works. Not to say you can't get unlucky. you Of course you can. But this is what Obama did, and Biden is even worse. And remember, if Putin is the reason that prices go up, then Putin must be the reason that prices go down. You can't get credit for prices going down and say you have nothing to do with when the prices went up, because they most certainly did. And again, because the media, with the exception of a handful of people, Fox News, Talk Radio, is just so corrupt, they don't cross examine these people. When I mean, imagine this Corinne Jean Pierre creating this, this goofy thing with a graph chart, and she's inside and saying, Hi, look at me. I'm I'm inside the chart. And they're bragging about 39 days, now 40-some days, of gas prices coming down. But that's not the story. Not even nearly the story. So now this week, all week, started on Monday, and I thought, oh, wow, look at this. They're trying to change the definition of what a recession is. When the last 10 times why would this one be different oh that's right because Joe Biden is president and they're liars who lie about lying and and how about this some in the Democrat media are actually going along with it how embarrassing is that people that have always talked one way are now saying well you know uh yeah if it's two quarters of negative GDP Don't listen to these people tell you uh, two quarters of negative growth. That doesn't exist. Negative growth doesn't exist. If you flush the toilet, all the poopy went down and it's gone. It's going to the to the treatment plant. It's not still in the toilet bowl. There's no negative growth. And they all say it. Negative growth, negative growth, two quarters of negative growth. But everybody went along. Forever. 10 out of 10, two quarters, negative GDP, recession. Very simple. Now, look, you can have a recession without two quarters. But if you have two quarters of negative GDP, you've got a recession. I'll make the case if today comes in fractionally above zero, Less than one percent in the positive positive, one percent whatever. you can make the case it is a recession still if you go into other factors but they can't ignore if it's two quarters of negative GDP that they, of course they of course they can they can they can do anything. I mean Joe Biden is pretending he is just so healthy and President Trump. How about this guy, this Delaware basement bum dweller, tearing into President Trump yesterday, saying, you know, my uh, predecessor I think he even said his name was taken by helicopter to Walter Reed. And they went and he went on to tell an entire lie. I mean, President Trump was back in like three days. And that was a much worse strain than what we have now. Hey, one thing I will tell you, they obviously they're either lying or I know they threw everything at. I wish they would tell the American people. And I think we we deserve to know, but they won't tell us because they're dishonest. They're completely dishonest. I'd like to know. I think they did with President Trump. I think we were told everything. He took hydroxychloroquine in the past. That was prior to him. Having COVID 19, he took, I believe, a Z Pack. I believe, and that would be for five days two on the first day and one each day for four more days. And then it works for five days uh, continually after the fact. I believe he took steroids. And I believe he took vitamin D3. I believe he took zinc. And he was given the monoclonal antibodies. I believe we were told everything that he got. I'd love to know everything they're shooting up Joe Biden with. Like that one day when he came on camera and didn't blink for like two minutes when the average person blinks three to 20 times. I mean, what was going on? What? uh, Look at me. I I hope I hope I look as good as I feel. Can you believe he said that this guy looks like a keeper. I hope I look as good as I feel. Uh, Well, you must not feel very well then. If you look as good as you feel, you must feel terrible. I'd like to know what he was given though. Because I've never had a surgery in my life, any major anything in my life. And it took me 11 days to test negative. 11 days, Joe Biden's testing negative in, I believe, less than five days. Would they shoot him up with that we don't get? I'd like to know. I'd like to know every single thing. He's my president. I'd like to know every single thing he took to see if they get more than we get. How did this man that, that shuffles, is, is the Izzy Mandelbaum of the American presidency. How is he testing negative in five days? And a completely healthy younger person took 11 days. Now, I, I will tell you that in some cases, depending on the type of test you do, rapid test is different than the PCR. If you take one of the more elaborate tests. You will probably test. You can test positive for well past a month, even longer. But they, they jammed it down our throat. I feel great. And, and I, it's all gone. And I've tested negative four days, five days. Okay. What would you get? Fair question, isn't it? So let's see what happens. We know what their strategy is going to be. If, there, if it is in the positive, fractionally or otherwise, then we'll get inundated with how well they're doing. If it, if it is negative, which many people think it will be, I didn't take a position. I don't know what it's going to be. Atlanta uh, economists seem to believe that it will be negative. 1.6% is their estimate. Number one, I don't trust any of these people. I don't trust the numbers they tell us. They always get revised downward by the next time the numbers report. They're just dishonest about everything. But if you, have to, if you ask me to make a prediction, I'll say they pushed so hard all week to try to change the definition of what a recession is that there must be a reason that they're doing that. So I would lean towards the news we'll get at 8.30-ish will be, and that'll be during John Zarek, that And I'm, I'll report on it right after the 8.30 news break, unless it comes out sooner or later. I think it's 8.30, though. And we'll tell you, as soon, we, we've, we'll receive word as soon as it hits. I've got that actually set up. As soon as it comes out, we'll have it. And then we'll see what happens there. If it's negative, then, you know, they'll keep pushing that, It, you know, Karine Jean-Pierre. Boy, is she terrible. God, I didn't think it could get worse. I want I want Peppermint Patty back. I really do.
0: Fox News Commentary.
3: Wait, are we exchanging a Russian arms dealer, the so-called Merchant of Death, for Brittany Griner? This is Bo Bergdahl all over again. Ridiculous. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next.
4: Help the Tunnel to Towers Foundation do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's heroes. Heroes like Misoda's Familia, who couldn't wait to join the NYPD to protect her community. She proudly wore her uniform, but was ambushed and shot in the head in the line of duty solely for the uniform she wore. She is survived by three children who received a mortgage-free home from Tunnel to Towers. Donate $11 a month to
5: Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org.
3: NBA star Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia since February. She pleaded guilty in a Russian court on charges of bringing vape cartridges containing oils derived from cannabis through a Moscow airport. That's illegal. Since her detainment and now sentencing, her family, friends, and fellow players have been pleading with the Biden White House to bring her home. And I don't blame them. But Griner has been a vocal opponent of our national anthem and country, so I wonder if she's changed her tune. Either way, it looks like the U.S. is prepared to offer a prisoner swap to bring her and American Paul Whelan home. And that prisoner is a Russian arms dealer nicknamed the Merchant of Death. He was convicted of conspiring to sell weapons to people who intended to kill Americans. Didn't we learn our lesson when Obama swapped terrorists for Bo Bergdahl in 2014? I'm not against bringing Griner and Whelan home, but this swap has trouble written all over it. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com.
0: Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station, yep. WPG Talk
2: Radio 95.5. We're back 25 minutes past the hour. We're going to have some open forum for the first half of the next hour And after the bottom of the hour break, we'll be joined by Andra Williams. We only had like three minutes yesterday. There's a lot to report on involving the Atlantic City Independence Committee. They are on a big time roll and they don't brag. They just work hard. The reason I say they're on a big time roll. Look at how the other side is reacting. Tells you everything you need to know. Then we have John Zarek at eight. And I'm pleased to report Joanne Daly. Remax Platinum Properties of Ventner in the nine o'clock hour. One of the items we're going to be talking about is it's very strange, but Atlantic City has a policy which I'm going to be reaching out to Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet because he's reasonable and you can talk to him. I mean, you can't, this Marty Small, I mean, this guy is, go ask anybody. This guy is, it's is the most bizarre situation. In Atlantic City history, how completely out to lunch. You 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 can't even imagine his priorities. It is beyond bizarre. But somebody's got to fix something. Joanne's going to explain it. I've learned about it in the last couple of days, and it just doesn't make any sense. If you're not in an area where you're on what's called the floodplain they still have some rule about how much repairs if if, for example if you want to repair a property they tell you you can only spend half of what it's worth in repairs but what if it needs more what if you spend a hundred thousand dollars to upgrade a two hundred thousand dollar home and then the roof goes bad or something you can't fix the roof it's crazy. It's just another Atlantic City blank show. So somebody, rather than enforce that stupidness, fix it. End it. Do something about it. If you've got people that want to invest in your community, what the heck? What would you do? Why would you discourage that? Again, they have no leadership at the executive branch level unqualified leadership and with priorities that are completely ridiculous. Like when is the next party? Uh, when is the next time I can do a press release about me and and um, some celebrity, some rapper or, you know, whoever? It's just, it's, it's really very, very crazy. Uh, this also is something that I'm not a big fan of. Although I do understand that people do grow weary of the major two-party political system that we have. If you haven't heard the news, we have it up on the app and at WPGtalkradio.com. But I'm going to tell you about it right now. In fact, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you all about it right after the bottom of the hour break. But a former New Jersey governor... Who hates President Trump I don't think that's too strong a word and what's interesting about what I'm going to share with you even though they are members of Democrat and Republican political parties they all have one thing in common I I can't think of one person involved in this so far they all have one thing in common they dislike President Trump so they're acting like they don't like both parties, but they're Republicans and Democrats who only criticize Trump. Just so Maybe maybe Andrew Yang, you could hold him harmless. Christy Whitman? Uh-uh. Not that one. We'll be back. Don't go away. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley at just a few clicks before 30 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The story that I'm going to reveal in just a few minutes, uh, a former New Jersey governor and others are forming a third political party. We'll tell you all about it. We have our list. Oh, my gosh, it was tough. But it was fun. Our list of the best golf courses in Atlanta County, and Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds and his team warning you about mail- mailbox fishing and
6: check. From the Townscore New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Heat and humidity return today, bookended by potential thunderstorms. It'll be partly sunny with a high temperature of 91. The heat index or feels like temperature into the mid-90s. A few thunderstorms may pop up in the late afternoon to early evening time frame. Muggy tonight, low of 75, 88 with mostly cloudy skies tomorrow. Another round of scattered thunderstorms likely late day tomorrow, too. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
3: King cancer is the
6: most...
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
6: Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: Thank you, great one. Welcome back. 34 minutes past the hour. This portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us in part by my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals where they're celebrating their 11th anniversary. That's 11 years of experience making sure families are comfortable and working uh, order in terms of heating and cooling systems, that they're working effectively, safely, and cost-efficiently in honor of their 11th anniversary. They've told me to tell you that Ambient Comfort is offering $50 off any repair. There are many hot days ahead. We've been living it. We've talked about the signs that your system may need repair. If you're not comfortable or you suspect a problem, don't wait. Call Ambient Comfort. I'll give you the number in just a moment. You can trust Ambient Comfort to keep your family cool for the rest of the summer. They can repair any system, regardless of who originally installed it, to help you save energy and increase the life of your system. Join with me in celebrating Ambient Comfort's 11th anniversary with $50 off repairs. Go to AmbientComfortNJ.com. That's AmbientComfortNJ.com. Or call 856-213-6586. That's 856-213-6586. Tell them that Harry Hurley sent you. All right, so here's the deal. A new third political party is forming. I believe a lot of people haven't heard this yet. Former New Jersey governor, Christine Todd Whitman, a great disappointment. Not on this, just in, in many areas. And former presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, will initially co-chair a new third political party, which will be called Forward. Thank God they didn't say lean, because join with me. Aren't you tired of that? lean. Uh, Let's see. Whitman allegedly is a former Republican. She never was, though. And Yang is a former Democrat. Whitman won two terms as governor of New Jersey 1994 through 2001. She left early to become EPA administrator from 2001 to 2003 under United States President George W. Bush. The forward party has set a goal to become a major third-party alternative to the Republican and Democratic parties. In American history, third parties have only rarely been able to break through ever in a meaningful way. For example, many, and I'm one of them, oh, the debates I used to do over this, oh, my God. I can't remember the one person, there was one person that refused to even consider that Ralph Nader cost al gore the 2000 presidential election and he was a ralph nader guy i guess that's why you can't admit but of course he did the palm beach butterfly ballot and ralph nader i mean I, I'm, I'm being serious about this and i always was honest about it george w bush unless he ran again and won should have never been the president of the United States. I'm glad he was because Al Gore would have been a disaster. But Ralph Nader and the Palm Beach butterfly ballot, I think you have to be completely just unaware or just ignoring the evidence to say otherwise. Former WWE, and I think it was WWF then, wrestler Jesse the Body Ventura shocked the political world. I'll never forget the night the returns are coming in, and Jesse the Body is winning. And the media says, well, it's early. Then all of a sudden, he's still winning. But it's still early. And then he's still winning. And they say, well, I stole a lot of time. He's still winning. And all of a sudden, it was like, hey... And, of course, he won. He won as a a third-party, Green Party candidate. And he served from 1999 to 2003 as the governor of Minnesota. The new forward political party is a merger of three different national groups who are now forming an alliance together, sort of like Big Brother or Survivor, Richard Hatch, and the rest of them, forming an alliance. The three former national groups are America Movement, Forward Party, that was Andrew Yang, Serve America Movement. The mission of the new Forward Political Party is to reinvigorate a fair, flourishing economy, give Americans more choices in elections, more confidence in a government that works and more say in our future. The Forward Political Party is striving to achieve ballot access in 30 states by the end of 2023 and all 50 states in time for the 2024 presidential election. They say they intend to recruit and run candidates at all levels of government in local, county, state, And federal elections throughout the existence of the major two party political system, it has proven difficult to near impossible for a third party to have much meaningful impact. That's largely because the game is rigged in favor of Republicans and Democrats. Make no mistake about that. They receive preferential ballot placement and they have enjoyed a decided advantage in campaign financing, earned media and more. Third political parties can serve as a spoiler, however. This new entry is comprised of disaffected Republicans and Democrats, so it's hard to know at this time what their potential overall impact might be. It's easy to talk about forming a new third party. They're going to find out that doing it successfully is a whole different story. We'll be back in just a little bit. Open forum coming up for half of the next hour at 609 407 1450 then we'll be joined at 735 by Andre Williams the chairperson of the Atlantic City Independence Committee they have really made incredible progress and it and by the way we made a prediction should have come as no surprise city council could have made it easy and just said we approve your ordinance and it would have gone into effect just just like that. Instead, they're going to have to slog and get it on the ballot and make sure that it's not a crooked question where you have to vote no, to vote yes or something goofy. It should be a clean yes question, do you want to change, you know, this mayor council form of government with elections held in June and November to a mayor council form of government, nonpartisan, and hold May elections. That's all it has to say. Yes or no. Let's see how they do it. I've seen everything from good work to absolute corrupt crooks. There was a question one time, I can't believe that it sustained scrutiny. I said, This is terrible. You 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 have to vote no in order to vote yes because they know that people Yes questions rarely lose. When you have to vote no to vote yes, it gets very confusing. No, no, I'm for it. I'm going to vote yes. No, no, you have to vote no. So we'll be, we'll be the first to tell you. If the, I, I have no reason to believe. I forget her last name, Gelate or something like that, Paula. I've not seen her ever do anything corrupt. She certified the petitions lickety-split. She was very cooperative to the committee. And I'll pose that question to Andra coming up less than an hour from now. Uh, So I think she's an honest broker. But don't forget, even though he has no say, the clerk is completely independent. You do have that lunatic mayor lurking around. He didn't want he didn't want Tibbet to put it on the agenda. How is George Tibbet not going to put it on the agenda? I have a snitch inside the mayor's office. That's right, mayor. I've got a snitch. More than one. They hate what's going on. You just have no idea how disgusted Atlantic City is right now in Small and Corsi. And believe it or not, this, this is hard to believe. Corsi is more unpopular than Marty Small. That's almost enough to make your head spontaneously combust. And more and more people are saying that Corsi is going to lose his commissioner seat, county commissioner seat. Oh, it's a lot going on. We'll be back. Don't go away. I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio
0: 95.5 And on the WPG Talk Radio app Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins This afternoon at 1 Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5
2: Alright, if this was the game show Pressure Luck with Peter Tarmarkin Would we get the double whammy? No whammies, no whammies Do-do-do-do-do-do-do Here's what I mean by the double whammy We got the 75 basis points tacked on yesterday. I know why he was saying what he was saying, but to watch the Fed chair play ball with Joe Biden, saying we don't have to have a recession. Now, look, if you believe as I do, there are still some unaffected, non-corrupt areas. And there's an excellent Fed indicator that has a tremendous track record in these kinds of things. And it's a highly watched economic indicator with it's not like Joe Biden saying or Kareem Jean-Pierre saying, uh, no, no, two quarters of negative GDP. No, no, no. So, you know, they have a record for lying. This particular entity, which is uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's GDP Now model, they projected that the U.S. economy shrank 1% in the second quarter. So there you have it. So I don't know why Jerome Powell would say what he said other than they're trying to bring this economy back. But I I, I didn't like it. I think he should have said something different. We're doing everything we can. Uh, But when you say we don't have to have a recession – and then by definition, we're about to have a recession. What's going on? Ooh, Fox News just sent me something I'll look at during the top of the hour break about uh, Joe Biden and his dealings with Hunter. Look, I think I know I'm going to drop this until we get um, the actual word from the uh, the Commerce Department on the second quarter GDP. Let me talk about I, – I I don't have time to find it. It it was there. I could have hit it real quick and the link would have opened. But now it's it's behind several other things that I have on, on my home screen. But this much I do know. I know it. And when it comes out, we'll be able to say we know it so long in advance. They are doing everything they can to be cushy, to take it easy – On Hunter Biden, which shouldn't come as no surprise because he gets the exact opposite treatment that anybody involved with Trump would get. The FBI and all these entities hammer, but they took it easy on Hillary Clinton. Yeah, we we don't need the uh, you know, we don't do no knock, no knock searches on you. Just just send us the the laptops when you get a chance. Oh, you didn't get them. We sent them. They don't care. They they let a person of interest sit in on meetings. They don't care. And, And then you look at what they're doing with Hunter Biden. They had this stuff for years, for years. Now we find out from whistleblowers, who the media will not even cover, that it's all corrupt. No kidding. No kidding. So here's what I know. There is too much to completely let Hunter Biden off the hook. Believe me when I tell you they would love to. If they could whitewash the whole thing, they would love it. There's just too much, too many crimes, and you can't sell that. But guess what? Most people that don't pay attention, if Hunter Biden pleads guilty to something very minimal and they take good care of him and then his father ultimately pardons him, which is going to happen, I have no doubt about all of that. Just like Bill Clinton pardoned Roger Clinton. Joe Biden is going to pardon Hunter Biden. And I said yesterday while hosting the Brian Kilmeade show on Fox News Radio nationally that everybody listening, you would do the same thing, too. I don't know anybody listening. You, You could send me a note and say I wouldn't do it. I don't know anyone that wouldn't pardon their child. If you had the power to do it, think about it. Just be honest. Wouldn't you do it? So I don't, I don't even hold that against Joe Biden. He's got the power to do it, and he'll do it. And the media will be very soft about it, just like they were with Bill Clinton and Roger Clinton. No big deal. Just threw it in with all the other pardons, and everything's great. And they'll do that with Joe Biden, too. They'll actually probably cover it like no surprise here. Uh, President Biden on, on you know, it'll be announced at like five minutes before 12 noon on January 20th. Can I can I make that prediction? I mean, I'm, I'm willing to put up a pizza or a thousand pizzas on this at five of 12 on January 20th, 2025. We will hear the news that Hunter Biden has been pardoned. That's when you'll hear about it. Not before. You might have some speculation. Will the president pardon his son? What would be interesting is I will I will revise, amend and extend my remarks on this point. If Biden is not running again, he'll pardon him in real time. Because, obviously, if he pleads, it's going to have to end at some point soon. They stretched it past the 2020 election. I mean, we're now well halfway through, more than halfway through. This is seventh month almost over. Seven twelfths through 2022. I mean, you can't leave it out there forever. So they'll get him to plead guilty to something, and then Joe Biden will pardon him. Maybe not right away, because they might be able to do some appeal thing and keep him out, and maybe not do it immediately, but perhaps do it prior to January 20th of 2025. Just my hunch. So I guess we're going to get the double whammy. We'll know soon enough. We've got that the Fed has raised the interest rates by 75 basis points and more rate hikes are expected in the coming weeks. This is to curb Joe Biden's inflation. This is a national story, but it's also a local story because uh, they're very important. If you fly from ACY using Spirit Air... I think this is a big deal. Spirit Air has ended the deal with Frontier. They continue talking to JetBlue. So there there was a $2.7 billion sale to Frontier Group Holdings. But uh, Spirit shareholders balked at supporting it leaving JetBlue Airways Corporation with an opening to clinch a deal. That's what this appears, that this news appears to be. And there's a lot of things here, because I remember, and Chuck Malamut would know it for sure, even though he doesn't talk about any one stock on the air, but I know he would know this. If my memory serves me correct, Spirit had previously argued that JetBlue's $3.7 billion bid, now, of course, that's a billion more than the Frontier bid, but they believed that the $3.7 billion bid by JetBlue was unlikely to receive approval by antitrust regulators. So I don't know what's changed there or if maybe they wanted to do the Frontier deal so they came up with something to sort of disqualify the, uh, the JetBlue Airways Corporation deal. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. But I do know that they said that. But now Frontier is out. And it's not like they have a, a million suitors out there. It was either Frontier or JetBlue. And it appears that JetBlue is in the, um, in the pole position. I mentioned this ever so briefly, and I might not get a chance to talk about it at all because pretty much the rest of the morning is already uh, done. We're focused on other things. Open forum coming up in a few minutes, 609-407-1450. But I did not like it when Joe Biden trashed President Trump by saying, quote, I worked from upstairs in the White House. And then he talked about, you know, his symptoms were mild. My recovery was quick. I'm feeling great. The whole time I was able to work, carry out my duties without interruption. And then he went on, totally unnecessary, to trash President Trump, who he said had it so bad, and trashed him for being helicoptered to Walter Reed. Bad form.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now.
2: We are back at six, almost seven minutes past the hour. Quick update. Uh, when I did my show prep late last night, the Spirit deal uh, with JetBlue was not done. Uh, we, we called that exactly as it was with the latest information that I had. And literally, right when we went to break, I get the update that you just heard uh, from Fox News that it's done. It's announced. Jet, and it's not $3.7 billion anymore. It's now 3.8 billion. JetBlue agrees to buy Spirit in 3.8 billion dollar deal. I don't, I don't. I could riff on this. I'm not kidding you. For at least a half an hour, on how important I think this is. This gives obviously more equipment, more crew, uh, more opportunities to connect, more hubs they call them. This is a very big deal, very big deal, and I think it's I think it's re- it's really good news for all of us, all of us that utilize Spirit Air. Pretty excited about that, and obviously a much better deal than they would have had with Frontier. One point one billion dollars better. Six oh nine four zero seven fourteen fifty. Phone lines are open. We have coming up at the bottom of the hour. After the bottom of the hour break, so at about 7.35, Andre Williams, chairperson of the Atlantic City Independence Committee, will give you the latest because I believe change is coming. This is different. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different question than the previous one where I don't think people, it was like, like a manager form and just required too much explanation. You know one of the Hurley Doctrines, if you're explaining, you're losing. Hey, hey, everybody. Um, we just want to vote in May and, and have it not be political. You know, vote yes. It's pretty simple. As opposed to, well, you know, look, you'll have council people and you'll have a mayor, uh, but it's not the same form of government. It's in a different section of the Faulkner Act and 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 there's a manager. And incidentally, that format works very well in many areas around the country. I believe it was just too too complicated. Even though it really isn't that complicated, it sounds complicated. This is very simple. Plus you have the unpopularity of Marty Small and Ernest Corsi, which Atlantic City is beginning to just despise. Uh this this particular just incredibly unfocused duo that that has very very different priorities than than what you have. So the the atmosphere is very, very ripe uh for this. It doesn't matter that City Council didn't approve it last night. Uh it will go to the ballot. And I think the turnout in the next election will be under four thousand people. They have in the neighborhood of twenty one hundred people that already signed this thing. So they're they're in very good shape to actually and keep in mind for over a half a century Atlantic City voted in May, whether it was the commission form of government. And this is only going back to the original mayor council form in the days of Jim Whalen and and that era where it was a nonpartisan mayor council form of government. I think it's going to go. I think it's going to pass. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air.
7: Uh, yeah, good morning. Uh, third party called forward. How about we call it a Illuminati Party C as a letter C or even Illuminati number three? Uh, either or. How about the American Constitution Party or ACP or CAP, Constitutional American Party? Two stipulations. You have to be an American citizen and you have to have the first ten liberty, constitutional liberties, uh, negative liberties, set being the Bill of Rights memorized. Then you're in. But yeah. uh, that's how I feel about it all. But, okay. uh, uh, China had reneged on a deal of buying corn from America they're now buying it from Brazil that's part of BRICS so that would make sense that they would do that they want to undermine the uh, US dollar and uh, they're investing in gold they're actually backing it rather in gold and silver also titanium, uranium, cobalt thank you Hunter Biden and lithium, thank you uh, Joe Obama so that's what's going on but meanwhile <laughs> if you want to wean us off the petrodollar we could actually open up the Keystone XL pipeline. You could actually convert that very easily into low carbon as well as high octane. It's not a problem. And then we could reinstate uh, the gold standard that was was taken off the books with uh, Nixon and also reinstate Glass-Steagall too. We could do certain things. But we had people that were confident that were in our government that would, that would be taking place right now. But unfortunately, we don't. In 2014, China had turned away 30,000 tons of corn because it was GMO-grown. GMO, they, they found GMO-grown grass in the bellies of water buffalo dead, undigested in their bellies over in India. So GMO is not really a good idea. Now, here's an excerpt from a Washington, George Washington Carver, the great scientist and agriculturalist and genius. Carter urged southern farmers to rotate cotton with soil-enhancing crops such as soybeans and peanuts. To improve the lot of poor southern farmers, Carver produced a series of free, easily understood bulletins that included information on crops and cultivation techniques. Now, how come we're not using it? The guy had a genius level of intelligence. He must have had something to offer. Also, uh, it was actually Nikola Tesla who had urged using hydropower. He invented a successful uh, water cell fuel combustible engine and Stanley Meyer drove from New York to California and back in it. He made a deal with the Pentagon. Unfortunately, he died two days later. Well, that, that's just a fact. I'm not saying anything into it. There's Nothing conspiratorial to say. Nothing <laughs> to see here. Move along. But uh, the two scientists, uh, William Seagal and Bernard J. Eastland, had invented the fusion torch. The fusion torch is environmentally friendly. It's just you have to watch. it from nuclear plasma. So you would have to watch the nuclear reactors is what you would have to do. But that would revolutionize green energy. But these stupid politicians that are leading us in the wrong direction, we definitely have to vote them out. Thanks for letting
2: Thank me. Thank you, Flash. Woo! Man, he says a lot and a little, doesn't he? 609-407-1450. One of the things he said was about China, which reminded me to tell you, it is no coincidence that President Biden will be having a conversation with President Xi today of China because it's a bad news day. So he's trying to create some other story. Oh, that's looking backward. Um, You know, we're looking forward. Get ready. It's coming. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry. Keith from Northfield. I'm going to be nice and short, just like Flash. Yeah. I think the politically
1: correct flag now to put up is America first.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I Although the the crazies will call you racist for that. Well, America first. Come on. That's not racist. I know it's not. I'm just telling you. Everything is bizarro world. It's, it's the opposite meaning of what it should. Remember, when Trump campaigned on America first, the Democrat loons and, and their Democrat loon media friends all went bananas over that, how racist that was, how wrong that was. It's crazy. They're crazy. Well, I'm an American, so that's what's going up at my house. I like it. Nothing- I like to talk to the
1: neighbor again. You like- I like to talk to the neighbor. <laughs>
2: America first, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. If we don't take care of ourselves, how are we going to be healthy to take care of anybody else? So there's nothing wrong with that. It it should be America first, and then we do the best we can to help as many other people as we can. All right. Have a good day, Harry. You too, Keith. Be well. Good to talk to you. Fifteen minutes past the hour, right after the break, you join the program. Don't go away. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. Here is our friend, Sean Hannity.
1: Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And I'm urging all of you to be very, very smart
2: in terms of the money you're going to spend and and the money that maybe be the extra money you can bring in. That's the only way to have a hedge against the economic downturn that we're living through. And the media mob, I mean, all they want to do is protect every socialist Democrat because they buy into this climate cult alarmism
1: themselves. You have the Washington Post column, the recession experts don't think we are
2: in one, and neither do I. For all the talk surrounding the GDP numbers this week, the job market is strong, and so are other key indicators. The hacks at the AP are saying the economy shrinking for two consecutive quarters is not the definition of a recession that quote counts. Yes, it is the definition of a recession. Check out
1: the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here.
5: Listen, the last time the economy looked like this, the stock market tanked 50%. The U.S. dollar lost 46% of its value, and the price of oil quadrupled. Yet, while the U.S. economy collapsed and inflation ran through the roof, the price of gold shot up 1,300%, and silver rocketed over 2,400%. So if history repeats itself, we could see it happen again. Can you afford to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver boom of our generation? That's why I want you to call Co at 855-815-GOLD because when you do, you'll not only get the chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver, but as a Sean Hannity listener, you could get $10,000 or more in free silver just for doing it. This is a rare opportunity and that's why I want you to call, again, Gold Co. at 855-815-GOLD. That's Gold Co. 855-815-GOLD. Don't miss out. Check them out today.
0: Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5.
2: It is 20 minutes past the hour, 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Hi there.
1: Good morning, Harry. How are you?
2: Very well. Thank you for asking.
1: I'm, I'm in the middle of my um, whole wheat, everything bagel was locked. Oh, very nice, so I have to <laughs> so um, one thing that Joe Biden didn't mention when he was trashing Trump about going to the hospital uh, is that Donald Trump had the original Covid, which was much more severe than what Biden got so
2: um... and, and on top of that, I th- I did say that by the way and but um what also was going on at that time we didn't know as much about the virus as we do now. And although as the sitting president, he got everything you could possibly get, including the uh, monoclonal antibodies. It's it's absolutely true. I mean, it was a much more potentially deadly strain of the virus. This is more contagious, but it's proven to be uh, very mild in many cases. I still would love to know how... Uh, It took me 11 days to test negative, and he did it in five. I'd like to know that.
1: Well, I I would suggest that uh, if Joe Biden had gotten the original COVID, he probably wouldn't have made it through the night. And I don't think it was any vaccine that kept Joe Biden out of a hospital. I think it was all the drugs that he got that mysteriously didn't exist for the last two years, Because they they made it sound as though the only thing that was going to help you was the vaccine. They pretended none of the other drugs existed. Anytime a doctor brought up a drug or a treatment, the guy got trashed, taken off social media, destroyed. So that's just one thing I'll toss out there. The other thing is, you know the principle of Occam's razor, correct?
2: Yeah, we thought. The simplest. Yep, go ahead.
1: Yeah the the simplest explanation is usually the right answer your question harry so we know we know the war in ukraine is still going on right yes joe biden joe biden blamed the the spike in gasoline prices on the war in ukraine so how can the price of gas be coming down even if the war is still going on then the only explanation is That And Joe Biden's taking the credit for the price of gasoline going down, right? So the only explanation there can be is that Joe Biden all along had the power to control gasoline prices regardless of what Putin is doing. So then it begs the question, then why didn't Joe Biden bring the price of gasoline down sooner? And better yet, why did Joe Biden... Let gasoline prices
2: go up to begin with. Right. Okay. can I let me go to bat? And I know what you're doing here. And I said the same thing yesterday. You can't get credit for the prices coming down and say you had no responsibility for them going up. Either Putin was responsible for them going up and Putin is responsible for them coming down, although there is. There is an answer to that that has nothing to do with the blatant intellectual dishonesty of our president, which is breathtaking how dishonest this man is. It's, but we shouldn't be surprised. He's been a cheater since he was a young person. He cheated every step of the way, plagiarized, and he's just, he's just a bad guy that, that got a reputation for being a good guy. He's, he's incompetent, and he got a 50-year reputation of being experienced. I mean, everything is opposite. You know, certificates of attendance. You know, if you go to the um, to to the Sixers game every game, you're not on the team. You're not you're not a professional player. I'm not the Yankee shortstop because I watch them every time I can. Uh, They're crazy, these people. But here's the reality. The reason that gas prices are down 40, 50 cents a gallon is because we're using less gas because the prices are so high. Charles Payne has the best explanation for this. It has nothing to do with these liars who lie about lying. Uh, They're coming down for a bad reason. We have to fix the problem, regain our energy independence, and then we'll be just fine. But I'll I'll play your game. I understand what you're saying. Uh, If he could bring them down, then, of course, he was responsible for when they were going up. Now, the answer to that, Andy, is Obama-Biden, quote-unquote, energy prices will have to be necessarily high. And remember, they call high gas prices transitioning to the new economy.
1: Yes. Well, you know, you'll remember when Obama said he wanted gasoline to reach, quote, an optimum of $15 per gallon in Europe. Yes, you know, Harry, you, you 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 explained why gas prices are going down, and I know that. I wrote that three days when we started seeing a trend. A couple of you know, over the last month, the gas prices is going down every day. I put this on Facebook. Of course, they're going down. The prices were so high, people couldn't afford it. They drove less. Demand was less, so the price came down. But but so then I, I made the I made the claim that Joe Biden isn't lying when he when he takes the credit for gas prices going down because he made them go up so high that people wouldn't use it, which lowered demand, so now it's going down. So in a, in a convoluted way, he really is responsible
2: for gasoline prices. And, and as you know, they're taking a victory lap, even though they're still more than $2 a gallon, and in some states, 3 and more, but here in this area, $2 plus more, than they were 18 months ago when he took office, to brag about bringing something down that still is as bad as it is, is pathetic.
1: Well, you know, Harry, when, when you know, human nature, when gas gets up, and this happened in 2008, as you'll recall, when gas gets up to $5 a gallon, and now it's, you know, four thirty. 30 wow, it's cheap. You know, it's human nature. But let, let me, one more thing I want to toss out there. Do you, do you believe that the FBI is corrupt?
2: Uh, so I believe, and I believe that the greatest organization of their kind in the history of the world and that they're, unfortunately, and it's high level, there are certain people that are extremely corrupt.
1: Okay, well, the reason I'm asking, so you know what they did to Michael Flynn yeah. and, and, and others? Yeah. You know, they they've be, they've become like Stalin's, secret police. You, you've talked about the Breton barrier, uh, you know, show me the man and I'll show you the crime and all of that.
2: I mean, look, they're, they're, they, they have created star chambers. They go after who they want. They let go whoever they want. They've had the Hunter Biden goods for over three years and they have completely politically aided. We know that they got rid of a weapon. The Secret Service got involved with that to cover that up. He falsified the firearms application. He's on video doing illegal drugs with prostitutes. Uh, there's all kinds of bank records that implicate him and other members of his family. You, you, I will tell you that, that law enforcement could not have more evidence to bring someone down and still do nothing.
1: Okay, so, and I agree a thousand percent there. But where I was going with this is you got to wonder, Harry, Janet Yellen, um, uh, uh, Jerome Powell, um, now and, and Joe Manchin. You know, you got to wonder does the FBI have stuff on these people to make them say and do these
2: things that you know are so deleterious to this country. Well, keep in mind, everybody has an FBI file. Oh, not, I can't say every American, but so many Americans. And you don't know if you have a file. Uh, when Joe Manchin goes from where he was to all of a sudden going for all of this Democrats, Socialist Democrats spending, it always makes me wonder. I, I, I wonder what happened to John Roberts. He, He looks blackmailable to me. In, in all this. Yeah, I would I be surprised that the reason the people that took one position suddenly diametrically go 180 degrees the other way? Uh, you, you never know. And look, while Manchin was saying no to everything, great pressure was being brought to bear. He came out one time and said, you better knock it off. Uh, and he knew stuff that we didn't even hear. He knew it was coming. And they, they also let you know, we're going to destroy you. Usually how they get you is they don't get you. They finally find something that will make you break. They'll go after your son. What made Michael Flynn break?
1: They went after his
2: son, of course. Correct. Nobody knows that except the people like us that, that pay crazy attention to this stuff. They threatened to prosecute the general's son. And then he cried and said, you got me. I'll say whatever you want. I'll sign whatever you want. Leave my son alone. So these are vicious, corrupt, evil people. With that, I have to say goodbye, Andy, for today. It's 30 minutes past the hour. We have a guest coming by in about five minutes. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. We're going to talk Atlantic City, Dateline Atlantic City, the Atlantic City Independence Committee with the chairperson. Andre Williams coming up right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Thank you, Harry Hurley, at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Former New Jersey governor is forming a third political party. She's bad news and she's up to bad news. Check it out. Our list of the best golf courses in Atlanta County. Oh, it was tough. But it was fun, and we we did it, and we've gotten a lot of feedback about it and a lot of readership on it. And Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds is just awesome. Uh, He's warning people about mailbox.
6: From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. A sweaty, sultry summer day. 70s this morning, high temperature around 91 this afternoon. The heat index, or feels like or apparent temperature, could go as high as 96. It'll be partly sunny, and we could see a thunderstorm pop up in the late afternoon to early evening time frame. Our atmosphere, pretty juicy again. Muggy tonight, lowest 75, mostly cloudy, and 88 tomorrow with around a late-day thunderstorms. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Do you have Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and on the WPG Talk Radio app, WPG Talk Radio 95.5? For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com.
2: Welcome back to the Hurley in the Morning program. John Zarek joining us in uh, under a half an hour from now. We have Joanne Daly of Remax Platinum Properties of Ventnor, and my oh my. Is there a lot to talk about? There's an Atlantic City, I guess you would have to call it policy in, in terms of real estate that doesn't seem to make much sense in areas that are not in the floodplain uh, where people are limited in terms of repairs they can do to a property. It doesn't it seems to be counter. It, it's it's typically all the bad things about Atlantic City, but there's just nothing Defendable about it, so we're going to get into that and a whole lot more with Joanne Daly. We're now going to visit with the chairperson of the Atlantic City Independence Committee, and and Atlantic City voters, you will have your chance for your own Independence Day uh, because the the die is cast. They've achieved the more comfortably more than the requisite number of voter signatures that are required. City Council could have voted last night if they wanted to to just accept the citizens ordinance and they could have put it into law and that would have been that and it would have been over. But as you know, we, we long predicted they would not do that. They're going to have to earn it and they're going to have to win a campaign now of education and a ballot question that, you know, uh, the mayor is opposed to because he's come right out and he's trashing people and blaming people who aren't even involved, uh, as though they're the ones uh, spearheading it. It's a level of disrespect for more than 2,000 people that you just rarely see. But then again, uh, there's a freak show in there right now, so you shouldn't be surprised about anything. Joining us now is Andra Williams, the chair of the Atlantic City Independence Committee. Andra, welcome back. How are you? I'm great, Harry. How are you this morning? Very well. And let me get one uh, question out of the way that I floated about an hour and a half ago. I don't know Paula Gelate. I don't know what she looks like. I've never seen a photo of her. I've never seen her. Uh, But everything I've heard is that she's honest. And what I think I know insofar as your process is that she did her job. I understand she did it cooperatively and she didn't take much time at all. I know of of clerks that would have sat on the petition for a real long time, not validated the signatures, uh, kicked it down, you know, kicked the can. Uh, To me, it it appears she didn't do any of that. She quickly uh, certified receipt of your first batch. 1641 i think it was then she quickly received and certified the second batch then she quickly certified the fact that you had a sufficient number for the petition is my perception my impression of the city clerk accurate
4: yes harry i can say
8: uh that it is she in uh, talking with her, you know after we submitted the names, even when we were um, really pushing or wanting to make sure that it did make the agenda on last night, and we made phone calls, knowing the tremendous job that we had uh, put in her hands. She accepted our phone calls, she explained to us that she was working around the clock to get it done and At the end of the day, she did get it done. You know, she got the signatures uh, verified that needed to be verified to show that we did um, exceed what we were trying to do. So, yes, your assessment of of the, the character of the person, I believe, is accurate.
2: And I think it shows that when you have a clerk that is protected, she's protected by civil service. She's not an appointee of Marty Small, she can just do her job. Imagine if somebody was under the thumb where they could get thrown out in the, into the garbage can like he did to the um, to the, the couple of people that he did it to uh, that we reported about uh, back a month or so ago. Uh, so I think her independence, uh, which is kind of ironic because you're the Independence Committee, but her independence is, is noted and uh, we always give credit where credit's due because she could have... Slow walk this and said, we're taking, you know, this is a lot of work. We got to make sure. And she got it done, I believe, very, very expeditiously. Now, it should come as no surprise. Uh, I predicted it. I think you knew uh, that city council was not just going to make it easy and vote last night. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. We'll we'll just change everything and move to May because you because you say so. So this now is going to go the route of a ballot question. And you were. I, I believe, Andre, you were prepared for that reality from the beginning.
8: Yes, I mean, well, as you remember, when I when I first spoke with you and made my statement, I always ended with letting the uh, voters know that the sign it does not stop with the signatures. You know, be prepared to get out there to vote to vote on November eighth. So. Um, it's not surprising uh, that it, it did not get passed on the floor. However, it it's disheartening to see the type of uh, men and women, because we did have three in support of the petition at, at, at last night's meeting, but the men and women that sit there on the dais and they are so caught up in doing what they're instructed to do that they don't make a decision in their own, on their own free will. Um, there were a couple of council members that I approached and asked to sign the petition, and they, they said no, they, you know, they couldn't do it. They, they raised their hand and said no, they couldn't do it. But
2: um, By the I, way, isn't it amazing their duly elected co-equal branch and they are afraid of small, may or small. I think it's amazing uh, that they subserviate themselves to him the way that they do, which is when you're going wrong and he's going really wrong these days. It is even more evidence that moving this thing to may where politics will not be the part of uh, the system that it is now is even more important. Andra.
8: Yeah, yeah, you know, and you have men and women sitting up there that is, is was was sworn to serve us, the the citizens, and it seems that they're serving only the mayor um, more so. I mean, it, to be at that meeting, not to get off track, but to be at that meeting last night, Harry, and watch your council president and one of your council members go back and forth over an issue literally bickering on the dais over an issue like it was a personal uh, vendetta against each other in, in public. You know, who wants those type of men and women representing them and making decisions on things pertaining to the residents in the city of Atlantic City? Well, Kaleem said something about... God,
2: finish, please. Kaleem,
8: Kaleem said something about... Um, You know, they gave Kaleem accolades on getting the convention here, the NAACP convention here, which was great. Like you said, we have not had a a large convention since the Democratic convention. But my thing is, you're giving him all these accolades and patting him on the back. Did they bring any of those NAACP representatives to walk down their fair city, their main strip, Atlantic Avenue, or any of the streets, to see what the city really has? Yeah, those are things that bother me as a, as a resident and as as a, a voice for the residents. You know
2: how receptive it seems to me. The combination of this is a better format, and I do remind people quite often, Andra. The only reason it ever switched was because people had grown very dissatisfied with Jim Whalen, and it was used as a vehicle to remove him. Typically, when you do that. You may win for the moment, which people did, but you lose long term. Putting this back as it was, I think, makes a lot of sense. For more than 50 years, Atlantic City has voted in May, not been involved in a lot of the partisan stuff that goes on in June and in November. And it's just a much better way to go. And it allows and, – and I know this is part of what you were just talking about, Andra – It allows people to be more independent minded. They don't have to worry about getting kicked off the ticket or any kind of political retaliation. So it's it is a good move if the citizens of Atlantic City decide to do this.
8: And I wholeheartedly believe that they will, um, Harry, we I actually received a phone call, a a young lady, and that's why I love your show. Uh, A young lady lady heard my call briefly uh, the day before yesterday when I called. And she actually looked on the link and uh, gave me a call to see if she was able to still sign the petition. So that proves to me that there are people beyond the two thousand signatures that we have already received that have been verified that want this change so i I don't have a doubt that we will be successful in november if you you know if you want to prolong it that's their prerogative they have the numbers to to vote it down and and that's fine but I,
2: i believe there was at least four votes last night to end it to vote for this to put the ordinance in effect uh and i i even believe it could have gotten to 5 uh because how one would have voted another one i was told would have but they held back uh and so they let this now go uh the route that it's going to go uh in a way though it's even better because then more people will actually make the decision it would look i i'm i'm a realist it would have been nice when you want a result. It would have been nice for it to be over, but, but they weren't going to do that. They were not going to give that to the people. They could just say, look, we don't want, to, we don't want nine people to decide this. We want to let everybody decide it. So that's not – I don't know if they said it just like that, but if I was going to take the position they did, that's what I would have said. I would have said, look, I'm, it's not that I'm against it. Here's what I do know. A snitch of mine in the mayor's office – they're so disgusted with him, I can't even I can't even verbalize how disgusted uh, the city and, and and insiders and and they they dislike Ernest Corsey even more. So Vern, if you're listening, oh, is everybody looking forward to you beating Corsi? Uh, because he'll be out of that? And then when this all gets fixed and the elections are in May, uh, people like that will also be gone. I think because why would you keep people like that? Uh, that that's all that's all political. None of that. He's not necessary that that is just he's a waste of taxpayer dollars. It's a disgrace that this goes on like this. But I get a call and they're telling me about Marty and and all of this and that he is enraged at George Tibbet, which I don't even understand why. uh, But he's enraged at George Tibbet for putting that on the agenda. What what was Tibbet to do? The citizens of Atlantic City, more than two thousand people, signed a petition that was certified by the city clerk, sent to the city solicitor, uh, Perugini for um, Michael Perugini for uh, attorney review. How how can you not put that on the agenda? That would have been corrupt to not put that on the agenda. Right, but see,
8: not to put it on the agenda is one thing, but um, uh, even though uh Tibbet put it on the agenda because that was that was the law, and that 's what he needed to do. He still showed his true colors of um, he only did it because if, if he had a choice he would have he would have settled with marty's request, but when he spoke about um he he could not uh, allow the nine of them to make the decision for all of the people, you know, in Atlantic City. That's why he was forced to uh, put it to the vote. And he already knew who was going to vote it down and who, you know, and who may have voted for it. He spoke adamantly and and, and aggressively about how he felt it would have been re- for lack of a better term how ridiculous it would have been for the nine of them to vote for it um, he used an example of and uh, i think it was a referendum or, or ordinance of of some kind about a year ago that he um they wanted to to vote on on council floor but they put it to a vote on the ballot and there were 500 or so uh more people who voted against it, or for whatever this for for whatever his his comparison was that he tried to present to us last night so tibbet i I think Tibbet attempts to go whichever way the wind blows and whichever way it might benefit him, but as far as a council president i don 't you know i don't think that he's a good fit for that, because you should not be up on your dais. If you if it's none of you that's supposed to be making decisions for the residents, the people of Atlantic City, you should be able to, to maintain your composure and have an unbiased uh, mindset of, of the decisions you're making.
2: Well, he is infinitely better than Marty Small. Please believe me when I tell you that. And Andra, I have to get this last break in. Let's stay close. We're going to continue to lead the news in terms of reporting your committee activities, as we've done here on the program and on the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio as well. And congratulations, because uh, very rarely do citizens get this far. And you're in good shape. And let's uh, let's stay in touch. We appreciate you, Harry. Thank you. Appreciate you back. And we appreciate how accessible you've been. And it has allowed us to impart important public information. So we thank you, Andra, in return. But uh, give Tibbet a chance. Tibbet's not Marty Small. Trust me when I tell you that. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Well, kind of, because we've got to get this break in, and then we're going to go to John Zarek and Joe Daly. In any event, I am early in the morning.
0: The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586.
2: AmbientComfortNJ.com. Fourteen forty-four online. We are back uh, for just a moment. John Zarek will join us right after the top of the hour news break. Uh, Congressman Ronnie Jackson, who was the White House physician, is renewing his calls for President Joe Biden to take a cognitive test. Fifty three Republican members of Congress. It's so interesting, isn't it? How and you know, there are Democrats who know that something is very wrong here. But this is the problem with our system. They say nothing. They just let this go like it's normal. Quote, we again write you to express concern with your current cognitive state and urge you to submit to a cognitive test immediately. We believe that regardless of gender, age or political party, all presidents should follow the example set by president, former president Trump to document and demonstrate sound mental abilities. We'll be back. It's halftime early in the morning.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, wenjhd 3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to
1: congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley.
0: You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Why,
2: thank you very much. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. It is Thursday. I know that. It's like my Special calendar, because I know John Zarek is here, the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The law offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek every Thursday morning in the eight o'clock hour. And uh, very proud of the fact that, uh, well, he, he's done it on his own, but I, I do believe that our mentions also help. And so many people are aware of the outstanding efforts. Of the law offices of john zarek they focus their efforts on criminal defense law the goal is to provide you and yours with the very best legal defense you can reach john and his team at 609 641-2266 609 641-2266 on the web at john good morning john
9: so good to be here with you today harry
2: my honor, your honor.
9: Such a, such, such a great way to start Thursday, right? It is, <laughs> really without enjoy a doubt. It. Yeah, really enjoy it. And um, I want to talk about the basics of criminal defense. You know, we, we talk about lots of other things. and uh, But I want to just deal with the basics. Uh, no one topic in any great depth, but just some things of interest, I think, that will help. Uh, others understand really what criminal defense is about and the types of challenges that we have, so I want to start out start out uh, talking about uh, interviewing clients. you know someone calls up and uh, johnny 's at uh, Georgetown University on a scholarship he 's a great kid, but uh, he got drunk and um, um, the police say he's going to be charged with sexual assault and uh uh, everyone you know there are there are known places in atlantic city anyway and and lots of other places where young people gather and they gather you know it's it's kind of lot not like the old days uh you know people who are looking for dates and are looking to meet people no there's a lot of gathering just for the purpose of sex you know both sides men and women and they're um, they're they're looking for that um, type of activity not a real good life strategy in my opinion uh or not a short-term strategy that works out well typically um even if you even if they get what they want the next day they're typically remorseful and and um see it didn't change everything for them it seemed like it would the night before but it doesn't the next day so johnny uh johnny's parents call up and um very often we have parents grandparents everyone else in on the act brothers sisters you know lots of people want to save johnny because he's a great kid and uh he has a, a a real challenge you know like uh so what do we do what's the first thing well uh, the most important thing is to meet with the client and the family and stabilize the situation. So you have, uh, and, and the most important thing is to listen because all these people are not only providing you information about the case, uh, the most important being uh, the the defendant, the person who's charged, but they're also uh, providing you information uh, about how they speak, how, they what their affect is uh that's how they come off you know are they aggressive are they mild are they nervous are they you know untrustworthy looking or are they very you know very honest looking you know in terms of their uh manner not not in terms of their race color creed but in terms of their manner Do they come off as someone that would engender confidence in a jury? And so where we start, we actually sort of go to trial in the initial interviews. Uh, We are looking at the people there as to how they're going to perform in court, how they're going to perform, how how they're going to uh, look in court. I mean, you know, you could go into court and you'll see – I mean, literally, you, you. And I've seen it. You know, a person charged with, say, child luring, right? Mm-hmm. Who comes in the court? Um, not my client, because <laughs> we we try to avoid this sort of thing. But comes in the court. Um, sc- uh, scruffy beard, not not a scruffy beard like uh, like in style, like trimmed, like the young people do. They let it grow. Uh, I think they call it scruff, actually. Yes. Um, it's a style thing. It's a style thing. Uh, but, no, just a beard. A <laughs> like guy hasn't shaved, and there's hair growing all over the place, and comes in with the stereotype, uh, you know, uh, white raincoat, <laughs> stains all over the raincoat, you know, um doesn't, doesn't fit shuffling in and, uh, really, uh, total, the the appearance says everything about the guy says, you know, child molester, right. Right, And people go into court this way. And, and so you want to see that, you know, you want to talk to the client, you want to see how they are before that happens, you know, before, um, you know, they're presented to the court or a jury and, and, um, in a getup like that right? Now, there are a lot of people that wear the child molester outfit, you know, the dirty raincoat, the the scruffy beard, um, you know, maybe hasn't haven't washed their hair in four days. A lot of people wear that who are totally innocent, by the way. It's just that they look that way. Um, and there are certain stereotypes that, you know, you want to avoid. In society, okay, we'll stand our ground and we'll as we go to school, as we go to work and, and you know, we, you know, we're not going to bend to stereotypes. We're going to be ourselves and we can do that and we can afford to do that. But I'll tell you one thing in the courtroom, when you're dealing with a jury, every stereotype, every, you better not fit into stereotypes in terms of dress and manner and grooming and so forth you want to be as safe looking to the jury as a body as you can be so you know we have societal standards but then we also have uh what happens in the courtroom like you know after we're after the client is acquitted then we can go out and change the world but right now you know you're going to dress in a way that's respectful to the court and respectful to the jury and Um, Hey, John,
2: we're a minute before the first break. Let me ask you a follow up. Of course, I agree with you completely. Appearance, better appearance, you know, all that right look, right attire. How important is that for your client, the disposition? How much if somebody comes to court, I'll just say, uh, you know, it's not polite, but looking like a bum, disheveled, Unshaven, Like you said, stains. I heard the whole thing. How big a deal is that to juries?
9: It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, Harry, when, when um, the president of France comes for a summit meeting with President Biden or President Trump or whoever it is and comes with a summit meeting, what are they wearing? you know what are his people what are his main people wearing what's president biden wearing what's his crew wearing they're wearing safe looking things they're they're not they're not you know flashing out uh, showing their latest styles they're and they're not overly casual they're wearing suits and ties and um the women are wearing appropriate attire. It could be dresses, could be pantsuit, whatever. But they come and they're, they're looking appropriate because people like appropriate. It it, it it doesn't distract them from what the matter at hand is. They don't like inappropriate. You know, they're turned off by inappropriate. doesn't mean they're going to say, oh, he's got the wrong he's, – he, he's coming in here in, in scruffy jeans and we're going to convict him for that. But it's consciously, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, and we work in the subconscious in trial law, uh, subconsciously, they don't like it. So that's why when we go for a job interview, we dress appropriately if we have the sense to.
2: So, John, so important what you are sharing. At 16 minutes past the hour, we're breaking for just a little bit. Much more important content straight ahead as Smart Law with John Zara continues with John. I am.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app.
2: We are back with John Zarek at Smart Law with John Zarek at 22 minutes past the hour. Counselor, time is yours.
9: Yes, Harry. So we talked about the importance of meeting the client and the family and listening, because they're listening a lot and um, assessing the client and the family to see how they come off, because they're all potential witnesses. Uh, If someone testifies, one thing we often use is a a jury charge called false in one, false in all, Mm. and it's a very important jury charge for the defense, uh, because... It says, it says this, and we tell the, ju- we tell the uh, jury, usually an opening statement, uh, that we're going to have that jury charged. And we tell them that, uh, and I more or less have it memorized, I do a little review before opening statement to get it letter perfect. But um, the, we tell them that there's going to be an uh, instruction that the judge is going to give. And we tell them, we're going to request that instruction. And the judge will give that instruction when we request it. And um, I think the jury likes to know that, you know, you know something about what's going to happen in the future <laughs> and what the instruction might be. And um, the fact is that the the judge must give that instruction because it's so important. So, uh, that, and that, that uh, instruction is, If you, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you've heard testimony uh, and there's been argument that one of the witnesses in this case, one or more of the witnesses in this case has intentionally deceived you, lied to you. Um, It's your job to determine whether that's the case or not. However, if you determine that one of the witness has intentionally deceived you as to a material fact or attempted to deceive you, then you can accept all the, all the uh, testimony of that witness. Well, of course, they're not going to do that if they find that someone has deceived, deceived them. Uh, but you can accept all the testimony of that witness. You can accept some of the testimony of that witness or, and this is the important part, and I, I always make this point to the jury, you can reject all the testimony of that witness. In other words, even the preliminary things, where were you that day? Where did you go? What did you see in the street? Uh, who said what to whom? And that all that stuff can be documented elsewhere. But the jury can reject all the testimony of a witness who tries to lie to them that's extremely extremely powerful so we want to mention those things in um we in opening statement and remind the the jurors at strategic times during the trial of that concept although you don't re-argue the whole thing and restate the whole thing there's you know it you can do things during the trial in your cross-examination that fits in with that theme. And it's very effective, very effective because when a jury looks at somebody and says, this guy is just lying, you know, they're lying. Um, they, they want to punish that witness in a way. And, and in many cases they want to punish the state for putting that witness on mm. and you're giving them the opportunity by that jury charge, which has to be given. You're giving them the opportunity to have a really good means to punish that witness and to punish the state by just basically throwing the case out. So we like that as defense lawyers. We like that, uh, we like that opportunity, and we like the opportunity to speak to the jury about that on opening statement. So um, by the way, the defense doesn't have to give an opening statement, doesn't have to do anything. The burden is on the state, but we uh,
2: I've asked you this before, John, when you brought that up, you don't have to do an opening statement, but you have always done an opening statement 100 percent of the time. Correct? Yeah.
9: Yes, because it's your opportunity to communicate to the jury and to give them a framework that is at least neutral, as opposed to the framework that the prosecutors want to give, which is very, very, very one sided against your client. So you want to be in the game and make that statement.
6: Yes.
9: Um, another thing we do at opening statement is talk about character evidence. Now, there. Character evidence, people think, think well. You can just call a bunch of character witnesses. You can only do that under certain circumstances. The most important circumstance is that the character, the the defendant uh, must testify. So, character evidence. If the defendant remains silent, you can't call character evidence. Um, the character evidence would say, essentially, confirm that the defendant has a reputation in the community for honesty and truthfulness. So the the purpose of a character witness is to support the credibility of the defendant who's testifying. So obviously you don't wanna talk about character evidence if, if the defendant's not gonna testify because then you don't have, you're not allowed to call character witnesses and you have a big hole in the case and the jury saying, wait a second, he was talking about character witnesses, he or she, and there are no character witnesses and no character evidence. I wonder why. Is that because he has bad character or because they backed out or because, you know, there are very few scenarios where mentioning character witnesses and then not calling them is gonna work out well for you and your client, all right? So you, you have, you want, but if you know your client's going to testify, You can tell, you can leave yourself a little out and say, which I typically do, I say, ladies and gentlemen, it's very likely my client is going to testify in this case. Because unless the state's case is a total disaster, and we're rooting for them in that regard, (laughs) and we 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 expect it to be a disaster, whether it's going to be a complete and total disaster, we're not sure. So it may well be uh, that my client won't testify, and, the re- and you give the reasons for that the way the jury works, and there's no reason to drag a trial on for another couple weeks by presenting a defense when the case is already won because they haven't met their burden of proof. But you tell them if the client um, doesn't does testify, and we expect that he will or she will, then the state um, or rather then we can call character witnesses to support that testimony to vouch essentially for the um, for his or her uh, truthfulness and honesty in the community the reputation for truthfulness and honesty and you're not allowed to talk about individual circumstances but you are allowed to um Talk about how the character witnessed, and this is really important and for example i've had situations like this right you 're not allowed to say, uh, Oh yeah, I know he's honest because when uh, he was in a store one time and I was working there, uh, he accidentally walked out with some goods and got in his car and then and we saw this on video camera and came back in and said, I made a mistake. I walked out, and everybody's done that. I walked out with this stuff, and I want to pay for it. I'm so sorry. You know, so I know But
2: But, John, could if you can't say that specific, are you allowed to say my client has never been on the wrong side of the law and has a, a clean record? Are you allowed to say things like that?
9: Well, here's the most effective way to deal with that issue.
2: Hold it for the, after the break. 31 minutes past the hour, good cliffhanger, important answer coming up with, uh, in my estimation, and I don't say this lightly, the best in his business, John Zarek. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. We'll be back with John in just a few minutes. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With John, I'm Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow. On our WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five app, a former New Jersey governor is forming a third major political party. We have the story. Check it out. Also, this was hard hard earned. It was it was challenging. Our list. It's been well read of the best golf courses in Atlanta County. Let it let the record reflect. I, I don't play, but I do love the game. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds is awesome, and he's uh, urging
6: you. From the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Heat and humidity return today, bookended by potential thunderstorms. It'll be partly sunny with a high temperature of 91. The heat index or feels like temperature into the mid-90s. A few thunderstorms may pop up in the late afternoon to early evening time frame. Muggy tonight, low of 75, 88 with mostly cloudy skies tomorrow. Another round of scattered thunderstorms likely late day tomorrow, too. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app, free Sean Hannity this afternoon at three. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: You already knew this, but now it is official. The Commerce Department has released the second quarter GDP results, which we promised you we would give you uh, during John's program. And I regret to inform you because I'm not like the other side. I root for our country. I was not rooting for this. I was rooting for uh, something much different than this. But the GDP has contracted by 0.9% when you apply that to the first quarter, which was at one point minus 1.6% uh, negative GDP. The last 10 times in American history – that we have had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP it has always been defined as a recession you know now why this week has been completely ridiculous and bizarro world-ish in terms of this desperation to torture the English language and change the definition of what constitutes a recession uh welcome to the recession ladies and gentlemen uh you knew it already but now you know it officially and don't believe anyone that tells you that it's not because they're not telling you the truth. John, I don't want to sidetrack your show because your show is an, is an awesome clinic, but that's not good news for our country.
9: It's not Harry. And, uh, you know, the the desire on the part of some people to, uh, to pick up a, A black vase and tell you that it's white because white is in their best interest uh, never dies. So we have the ridiculous situation. I mean, we're talking,
2: John, we're talking decades. The last 10 out of 10 times that we've had two quarters of negative GDP, it has always been a recession. And they're trying to tell us. It's raining, we're soaked, and they're telling us it's sunny and seventy five, eighty degrees. Uh don't believe them.
9: Right. And and everyone every once in a while uh there a few of my prosecutor friends will will say such things, you know. In, <laughs> you did,
2: you did a good job there. That's a good that's a good segue. I like that. Yeah.
9: Take we it. have a way of, yeah. of dealing with that. It's not a it's not a it's not a good strategy at all. No. And I'll explain why shortly, but we were talking about character evidence. So, uh, it's very, if you're going to call character witnesses, uh, you, you're really dying to allow those witnesses to say all the great things, individual things that your client has done. They're not allowed to do that. However, this is what you can do. And this is what I do. I say, uh, uh, i'll pick on father hodge uh reverend <laughs> monsignor hodge uh who's now retired by the way a great a great priest and uh living in atlantic city and and filling in here and there for other parishes but i'll say um you know father hodge and i've never called him as a character witness but and uh, i say father hodge um you know he's he's a character witness uh, are you familiar with um the defendant yeah it's it's Jimmy Jones, and how do you know Jimmy Jones? Well, I know him from a number of of activities um, he was the best ball altar boy that I ever had, and was always there on time and always dedicated and anything else, any other way you know him yep um <laughs> He joined with us in the uh, crusade for uh, helping the poor in Atlantic City. And uh, you worked alongside with him? Yes, he's one of the best guys I ever could have. And uh, anything else with Jimmy Jones? I was with him when he received the award for the most honest person in Atlantic city from the Atlantic city police department, right? And And at this point, the judges, the judge typically is going to be looking at you like, okay, maybe one more, but, and, and anything else, you know, and I was there on the beach, um, when he saved three little children from drowning and, uh, he ended up being unconscious himself and barely making it, but he saved those three kids and thank God he recovered. Uh, so, uh, okay. So, do, are you familiar with his reputation for honesty and truthfulness in the community, Father Monsignor? And he says, "Yes, I am." And what is that? He's the most honest. He's known as the most honest person, the most truthful person, a person that everyone can depend on, including me. So you're not allowed to talk about individual achievements but you're allowed to have the witness talk about how they know the individual
2: can you say that that this defendant has never been arrested in his life he's never stood charged with any crime ever in his life until now can you be that graphic so that the jury would know hey this is the first time ever this person has ever been in this kind of setting. can you do that, or do you have to finesse it?
9: No, you can't do that directly, but you can you can say now, you know where do you work? you're allowed to say where the person works in in other words uh, prosecutors will sometimes object to that and they'll say that's not relevant that's uh, you know that's not something that has to do with the case where he works and and where he lives and so forth but the, the supreme court says that you can humanize the client you can't you can you can put a context in which the client operates so you can say you know where 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 did you work uh, jimmy well i'm retired i'm a retired homicide detective for the atlantic city police department for 25 years i'm retired now and I uh, contract with the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office or the Cumberland County Prosecutor's Office. So you can put context. There are good things, obviously, about the defendant. And obviously, and if you say
2: that someone's been a police officer for the past 25 years, uh, that does tell the jury that's somebody that hasn't been in trouble. Yeah, uh, that's that's true. And that's what, know, if, what if you're the clerk at the widget store, uh, you know, uh uh, John's brother, Joe, or Tony, uh, they're, they're at the widget store, you know, for 25 years. That really is helpful if you're a cop because it shows, hey, this is a, you know, a law enforcement officer and all of that. What do you do if it's somebody that's doing a different line of work?
9: Well, it's, you know, it's it's tougher to do that, but you can show, you can have them talk about things uh, in in your introduction to the, them, the the you know you're allowed a few questions to put their life in context, and you can talk about a few things that are likely to not involve criminal um, convictions, like working in the casino, working on the casino floor, having a uh, having a casino license. So you can do that sort of thing. Uh, another thing we have uh, issue we have with we we talked about uh character evidence um and you could have a situation we talked about truthfulness of the witness false in one false in all and what consequences there are another thing we do is we have to address in in my opinion every defense attorney and i see it a lot not done a lot um i think it's very very important to address the context, the constitutional context in which the witness is testifying. So you want to tell the jury. uh, And typically I use lots of challenges because I, I don't want people on the jury who aren't thinking, who are drifting off as the judge is talking, as the prosecutor is talking, as I'm talking. You know, you want people to pay attention and you want people to be... Intelligent enough and interested enough to follow the the instructions, especially with regard to um, the right to remain silent, the Fifth Amendment right to remain silent, which counts at trial, uh, the right to counsel, the right to um, testify on her own, their own behalf and the presumption of
2: innocence. John, that- keep your place. We've got to go. 46 minutes past the hour coming right back after our final break. Much more. Smart Law with John Zarek. With John, I am.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio,
2: 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. At 52 minutes past the hour, John Zarek continues with Smart Law with John Zarek. John.
9: Yes, we're talking about uh, uh, talking to the jury. And especially, it's very important to explain for defense attorneys, anyway, to explain to the jury um, how the system works, uh, and especially the presumption of innocence. And that's a big hurdle for uh, defense. You know, we know we know from experience that lots and lots and lots of people are convicted wrongfully. They're put on death row. They're sometimes executed. Um, especially in the old days, um, they're put in jail for long periods of time, and then there's conclusive proof—not maybe, but conclusive proof—that they weren't, they didn't do the crime. You know, for example, they'll find uh, another person who matches DNA. They'll go to that person. And they'll find, you know, souvenirs from the murder that the, you know, the demented murderer took from the body they'll find their personal possessions and the person will confess and uh, in the meantime another person's been in jail an innocent person's been in jail for 10 15 20 30 years happens all the time we see the headlines all the time so uh the presumption of innocence isn't just a trick that's used by the defense to win cases it's real uh because if we don't presume people innocent innocent Um, no defendant can overcome that burden. You can't prove a negative. You know, you can't prove, uh, for example, that any of us, um, me, you, the staff, has never murdered anyone, has never raped anyone, has never uh, stolen anything, has never committed a home invasion. No one can prove that. That you can't prove the negative, except you can say, I didn't. I never did anything like that. But there's no conclusive proof. So we have to have the presumption of innocence so that innocent people don't start out, completely innocent people don't start out with uh, a major hurdle that they can't, often couldn't overcome. Um, so we tell the jury, you know, you, this was a long uh selection process, you know, typically in a serious case, the defense gets 20 challenges, peremptory challenges, the, the prosecution, and that's not for cause. That's just, I don't like this person. We don't feel comfortable um, and they're off and the the state gets 12 challenges. And in my case, I typically use almost all of them because I want jurors that are smart I want them to be able to analyze and I want to be to be paying attention because it's a little bit of ego there I, I feel like what I'm saying to them is going to be important it's going to be helpful and it's going to be accurate so I want smart people who are paying attention and I often feel that you know I can do a better job than any Particular individual prosecutor. I mean, there are some that are really, really good, and there are some that are okay. You know, they do the job, but um, so I want to be in that game. I want to address that issue of um, presumption of innocence, and I want to talk to the jury every chance I get. Uh, so we tell the jury, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're you're selected this was a long process it took us two days to select this jury there was lots of in and out i know it's irritating to you it's irritating to us it's irritating to the judge it's irritating to everyone it's a it's a tedious job but we there's a purpose to that and the reason we do those thing, we do that we, and we use those laws which are available to the prosecutor prosecutor and the defense is because we want to get people that are smart paying attention and want to be here to do the job you saw people that were leaving left and right well some of those people perhaps could have stayed on the jury but they didn't want to they didn't think this is important we know you do so we want you the we want you to know that the defendant is presumed innocent now we know from prior experience and talking to jurors afterwards, um, and we're not allowed to talk to jurors, but we're allowed to listen. We sure are allowed to listen to them, and we know that some people will think, "Well, he wouldn't—that defendant wouldn't be sitting at counsel table facing this indictment if he weren't guilty." It's human nature to 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 tend to trust the system, to trust the state, to trust the police.
2: Hey, John, final minute and a half. How challenging is it that that word indictment, which doesn't mean convicted, means allegation, that that has taken on some unfair meaning, it seems?
1: We
9: talk about that also, and we let them know The the only person that testified in this case before the grand jury was a police officer who wasn't on the scene and was only saying things that other people told them, and those people weren't ever cross-examined, they were questioned, and in fact, no one person had all the witnesses together at one time. This is the first time, and very often when that happens, immediately upon hearing from a few of the witnesses, the jury knows this is no case, this is not a crime, this person's not guilty. And that happens often, and it's going to happen in this case, we trust. So don't hold the fact that the defendant is here. Any of us could be sitting in that seat uh, based on a few mistakes that happened in the outside world. So uh, pay attention. Consider the defendant innocent throughout the proceeding. And we trust that at the end of this proceeding, you're going to – I've been with the defendant for two years now. You're going to give – I'm going to hand the defendant to you, and you're going to give him back to me as he is. Innocent of all charges, not guilty of all
2: charges. Hey, John, that's the finish line. Uh, This was fantastic. I I enjoyed it so much, and I know it was so educating to our listeners. Uh, John, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Harry. You're welcome, my pleasure. WPGG
0: Atlantic City, WENJ HD3, Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Joanne Dale. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: It is six minutes past the hour, and thank you for waking up early in the morning. Thanks for spending this portion of your day with us, and Joanne Daly on this day each month, well, typically there are many more months with four Thursdays than there are with five. But either on the fourth or the fifth Thursday of every month, we convene with Joanne Daly, our official exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program. Also personally for the Hurley family. And she is terrific. Uh, I recommend her unconditionally. and, And, you know, I don't take that lightly when I say that. Joanne's office is located at 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor, but uh Joe is all over the place. So you don't even have to worry about you you can do big things and great things without ever even going to 5321 Atlantic Avenue. Let me give you Joe's hotline. 609-513-8969 and she uses it 609-513-8969. That's 609 five one three eighty nine sixty nine joe welcome to your program good morning good morning harry how are you very very well uh and i know that you are because we had a great opportunity to get together last night and speak for a bit about all the the different things that are going on so i did tip off your audience a few hours ago that one of the things we would be talking about would be dateline atlantic city and specifically uh I'm going to call it a policy because I don't think it's it's it can't be a law. It just seems to be like a house rule, if you will. Uh, I never knew about it until you educated me about it. And I do believe that people like George Tibbet, the, the president of city council and other, you know, very reasonable, uh, approachable folks, hopefully will be willing to have a conversation with the public about this because this isn't good. I mean, if you you want to buy a property uh, in Atlantic City, then then the, the red carpet should be rolled out and you should be able to upkeep that property or to do types of repairs that you need to do. And you enlighten me, Joe, to something that's going on that actually I think it's truly just a law of unintended consequences that somebody just needs to take a look at and say, hey, you know what? You're right. This just doesn't make sense. Explain to our listeners what's happening in Atlantic City in this particular area that I've just cryptically touched on.
4: Okay. So, and and it's been, it's been a policy, if you will, for quite some time. So it's not anything actually that's new or, you know, current. It's just recent. It's been this policy for years, um, that I know of. And so it's, it's what we kind of, use the term slangly like it's the 50% rule so in building or rehabbing a property um, the and I'll say you know a construction rehabber I'll just use that term it could be the homeowner it could be you know a prospect who wants to buy it they have a rule where 50% of the assessed value of the improvement which is the actual structure of the home not the land but so 50 percent of the assessed value of the home is what you can spend to rehab the property so if an assessed value is two hundred thousand meaning you can spend a hundred thousand to do the renovation and in today's market It's you can barely do a kitchen or a roof or two bathrooms for that money. And many of these builders and um, remodelers need to spend more than 50 percent to bring it up to code, to bring it up to date, to, you know, make the repairs, Um, you know, heating systems. A lot of the homes don't have air conditioning, so they they want to put air conditioning in. That could be a thirty thousand dollar bill right there. So with the supplies going up in price, that 50 percent rule really inhibits anybody buying properties that need that much repair.
2: Joanne, help me with something, because ever since I found out about this and I I, I, and I know it's longstanding, but I didn't know it. Um, You've dealt with it and, and I'm sure you're dealing with it now. I tried to strain my brain after we got off the phone with one another and thought, it's got to be a reason for this. What would be the reason? Because after all, if you did a certain level of repair, and then what if the roof leaks? I mean, you know, in this day and age with materials and everything, I mean, depending on the size of the home, a roof could be uh, multiple tens of thousands of dollars. You, What would you have to do? Leave the house getting destroyed, leaking, because you're beyond this 50% sort of arbitrary and capricious rule? What what would be – because you think about you want to make your community inviting. You want properties to be well-maintained. That helps everybody's neighborhood. It helps property values. What would be the reason to handcuff someone who wants to make a property look better or or do necessary repairs? As you know, sometimes some of the most expensive things if you had to do foundation or you had to do interior stuff – there are people that, 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 that do unbelievable amounts of repairs and replacements, and you don't even see it from the outside. It's stuff that's so expensive but unseen. So what would be the is – there, is there something that I'm missing that there's a reason they cap this in this fashion? I don't understand it. I, I do
4: not either. And, and that's why I brought it up to you. Like, I want somebody out there to tell me so I can share it with the public and my buyers and consumers what, what the ruling is all about. Because they, they say it, that 50% rule you have to do that or you have to raise the house for the flood.
2: But if you're not in a floodplain area, why would there be a requirement to raise the home?
4: Right. And that's where I said it gets really a little dicey. I don't understand where you're not in a flood area, but then they say the whole island is a flood area, but there are certain areas and I've sold many that are not in flood where they're not required to have flood insurance. So they're technically not in a flood area, even though we're on an island. So, i don't know if it's a blanket, everybody has to you know raise it because we're on the island. i don't understand it. I just can't understand why I have a builder who wants to put two hundred thousand dollars into the house, but because the house is assessed at two hundred thousand, he can only put a hundred into it, and he can't make he can't complete the project for that. I think there's a bit of you know maybe. Pricing the homes out of people's reach, so that if he puts a two hundred thousand into the house, now the house value is up four hundred thousand. So, a that would increase tax revenues. I don't understand it. it. It it increases the neighborhood. That would improve the neighborhoods. These homes that they don't, you know, they you know they'll cite them for you know chipping paint and falling, you know, siding that's falling off and all these you know disrepair but at the same time the builders can't do it and they do it very you're very astute with the prob, the stuff that they fix that you can't see underneath with all the beams and the sill plates and the foundation that have deteriorated over the years from the salt air the sand the termites you name it they have to go under there raise that jack these houses up level them that alone is $30,000 You know, and they're and they're willing to do it because they know the end deal, the end product is going to be a beautiful home at the shore. And it'll be a nice, a a nice product for the for the community. And I don't understand this 50 percent rule that these guys can't. I've had so many buyers that go look at properties and say, yeah, I like it. I like the location. I like the old architecture. I could fix this up. It would be charming but it's going to be more than, uh, you know, what's it assessed at? If it's going to be more than a hundred thousand and they're happy to put 200 or 300 into it. I have a client right now putting 300 into a home and to make it, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm overdoing it, but it'll be really nice. (laughs) You know, but that one worked because he took out the first floor, which was a legal apartment and he took it out and now the house, he doesn't have to raise it. He just clears out the basement that there's no heating, there's no utilities, there's nothing in there. So he doesn't have to raise it so he could put 300 into it and he takes it from a duplex to a single family.
2: Uh, I, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm absolutely miffed at it. That's why I really want to get to a reasonable city official and say, hey, isn't this worth taking a look at because this this is not helping people. This is hurting people. And I don't think anybody wants to be in the business of doing that even unwittingly. There has to be a reason why they put something like this into effect. I, I just do not understand it. We're, we're going to take a brief time out. We're going to come back strong in just a little bit. A reminder to reach Joe, Joanne Daly, for all of your real estate needs. That's buying, selling, renting, condominiums, single-family homes, you name it, commercial. 609 is the main office number. Joe's private uh, phone number is 609-513-8969. Please use it. 609-513-8969. The Joanne Daly team, REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor, the official and exclusive real estate professionals for the Hurley in the Morning program and the Hurley family and their office is located at 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor City. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. Much more important real estate content straight ahead
0: summertime at the jersey shore the glitz and glamour of atlantic city's casinos jersey's best pizza on the ocean city boardwalk great rides in wildwood and miles and miles of bumper to bumper traffic WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station.
6: Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM,
2: 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Great one. We're with Joanne Daly. We're talking all about real estate. Joe, let's um, we'll put that um, in our tickler file. I, I've already placed a call to the Atlantic City Council president. I'm going to try to find out if we can get some traction on just taking a look at this and and helping people. I, I, and especially now, I mean, we are officially, by definition, in a recession. We've had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. We have the Federal Reserve trying to do something uh, and it's causing pain. Uh, another 75 basis points, previous meeting, uh, 75 basis points before that. That's a point and a half right there. And they're still uh, allegedly going to do about two to two and a half or more points uh on top of that uh so we need all the help we can get in all areas of of government and and private citizenry so what are your feelings about and i did i did see a report that uh home sales are down uh yet home values are not down so what is the um i think this is a uh a tipping point a precarious moment where everybody needs to get together on the same page and not be doing punitive things, even if it's unwittingly, uh, because we're, we're not where we were. This is something different. Isn't it, Joe?
4: Absolutely. It's such a strange market. And with all the economics going into play, it changes it a whole lot more The one other part of this puzzle. And I think I really would like the city to revisit that. Um, that policies because the supplies the cost of materials has tripled you know so that makes it totally impossible to like do these repairs and put a cap on them for you know 50% of the assessed value of some of these properties it's and and all the properties that need this help have this typically assessed low assessment on on the home because it is older smaller you know, uh, outdated and it, it just needs to be redone, not necessarily bulldozed, you know? So the, the cost of materials alone is reason enough to revisit this policy of the 50% rule. Um, and I really would like to know, I've never gotten a straight answer as to how this is helpful or beneficial to the city.
2: I don't know how um, and, I, don't, and, I don't know how it could be if it keeps somebody from making something improved well, how would that how would that be a benefit
4: and there's campaigns out there now to get people to live where they work in Atlantic City um there's a lot of agencies that are going you know through all kinds of you know grants and and venues to get people to move back into the city to move into the city to to take ownership in the city, and these kinds of things kind of prohibit it you know so there, you know, on one hand you have people trying to campaign and you know build the city and have the communities build back up and on the other hand, then you have these you know regulations or policies that make it almost impractical you know so it's i, I can't i can't fathom it, and I really need st- st- Somebody to explain to me how this works, or why this is in place, or that you know what you're right, this doesn't make sense. Let's revisit this policy. You know,
2: yeah, exactly. We want
4: people to take ownership in the city. That's a big campaign now. You know, they're trying to get people. They're doing you know walking tours. They're doing um, grants for people. You know, first time buyers. I'm on a uh, a list, and I'll say an email list. Before COVID, we did. Um, housing classes for people to learn the process of what it takes between credit and title and insurance and the real estate part of it i go and to help educate um the community for becoming homeowners so that's that's in places to encourage people to you know be part of their community city, and it's kind of nice but at the same time that when their affordable housing needs repairs it makes it impractical with the 50 percent rule so it's it's mind-boggling to say the least very frustrating because we can sell these properties we have builders that want to invest in it and make them you know updated beautiful and their hands are tied
2: right if you tell somebody you can only do half of what you want to do uh that i mean You're the expert, but it would seem to me just as a layperson looking at the uh, the problem that that will prevent deals from getting done, because if you can't fix a property to the degree that you want to, that's going to many times. I would think most oftentimes, maybe not all the time, but I would think most oftentimes that will just stop it in its tracks, won't it?
4: Absolutely, because I've showed many property and we, they go in there and they look at and they they look to, you know, they assess what it needs. It needs a roof. It needs air conditioning and heating system. It needs new flooring, obviously it needs new kitchen. It needs new back steps. We have to do all new windows sometimes and they can rebuild it. It's got beautiful character, nice location. You know, you'll have these nice architecture. But it needs, and then the other caveat to this is that there's like a time limit too that you can't say okay i'll do 50 percent this year and 50 percent next year i think it's five or seven years before you can do another major renovation there's so there's such strange rules so the guys go in they look at it and say yeah i can't it's gonna it's over the 50 what it what it needs i i have the guys to do it i have the money to do it i would like to do it but you know then i'd have to like raise the house and it doesn't need to be done because it's not in the flood zone
2: yeah this is really this is very very strange I just I, I just, know I just, and then
4: to add raising the house you know
2: on top of it so
4: then it then the, yeah right the guys are willing to make the repairs but to raise the house there's then there's even more money it costs <sighs> even more money and today the and the issue today is the supplies the cost of everything has tripled so It's really, you know, needs to be revisited. You
2: know, Joe. Believe it or not, we're at the bottom of the hour. Let's take our break. We'll come back. Much more important real estate content straight ahead. We'll find out from Joanne in the current environment where interest rates are higher, but and this is very unusual. But the price of homes has not come down as yet. So usually in a rate increase environment, the the cost of the home comes down when it's lower interest rate environment the prices rise so this is going to be interesting to see are we in uncharted territory and joe is it because i'll throw a cliffhanger out there the supply is still very very tight so is that the engine is that driving the bus relative to why prices still are high And interest rates are going higher, or has it not caught up yet? Has it not begun? Also, much to talk about with Joanne Daly straight ahead. With Joanne, I am.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and
6: 1450 AM hi it's mark Lee and van camp join us later today at one now back to hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and fourteen fifty a.m south jersey's talk station
2: thank you welcome back 36 minutes past the hour visiting with joanne daly our monthly get together joanne daly remax platinum properties event or the official an exclusive real estate professional for the hurley in the morning program and personally for the hurley family so if you're looking to buy your home, your first home, your next home, vacation home, condominium, rent a property, sell a property, uh, Joe can help you and her team uh with a wide array of excellent experience and great service uh that, that will be um very, very beneficial to you and yours. Uh if I've inspired you to call Joe, please tell her that and let me give you the private number to reach Joe, six oh nine five one three eighty nine sixty nine six zero nine five one three eighty nine sixty nine so we're not stupid, Joe. We know that if rates are going higher and you know if if this this economy is is not in good shape, and we're officially as of an hour and seven minutes ago in a recession, uh, if they try to say we're not, the last ten times that we have had two straight months. Of negative GDP, it has always been called a recession. So there's a lot of headwinds right now, aren't there?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of interesting how it how it is affected the market. Um, I've seen some prices come down on houses, wow. um, and a few are lasting longer on the market than I think because people are somewhat nervous. So you know, it used to be. You know, we had this crazy market that is almost as soon as you list it, you have five offers. Well, now there's a bit of a lag in that. So there's still people out there looking to buy because they're nervous the rates are going to continue to climb. And I don't think they're wrong. Um, but the inventory, like you said, is still down. It's still still very low. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird... And we all kind of knew something was going to come because it it had to break. The the bubble had to burst somewhere along the line, you know, and that's kind of where we're at now with this uh, recession. Mm. You know, it's, it's amazing.
2: Now, now supply is really not any different than a number of months ago, right? It's still tight as a tick or is that, is that starting to loosen its grip?
4: No, it's still tight. It's still very tight. In fact, it's funny I was out with clients yesterday all day for the last 2 days and I'll say in the rental market and I'm trying to explain to these potential tenants there's it's it's still very low like I'll say you have a handful of properties that are available and and I'll say on our island you know from Atlantic City to Longport that are yearly rentals not the seasonal rentals
8: right
4: a handful I must have 50 calls, me, just me, 50 calls about these rentals. So if I have 50 calls, I know other agents have 50 calls. Wow! And I said, so the pool of people looking for rentals just says over a hundred. And I have a handful, there's, you know, a, 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 maybe
2: a dozen. I mean, there was a time not long ago, Joanne, I remember on your show, we talked about it, where Longport had one, exactly one year round rental available. I mean is it still tight like that like each community has only a handful each
4: yeah absolutely absolutely and i'll be surprised if they have any some of them would have you know is this
2: could... is this a combination i know the pandemic brought a lot of people from pennsylvania even new york and elsewhere because you know they were in a much worse place than we were this was very desirable to be here did this area just get really popular and because i i think pretty much for all of our lifetime if you wanted to rent a property you could rent a property it wasn't like the end of the world uh and and you know in line with a hundred other people and and almost nothing to choose from what all happened i obviously the market got very very hot too but uh this i don't i don't remember it ever being like this before
4: No, and I think a lot of that, like I'd say COVID sparked it because people could work from home. And then if they were able to work from home, they said, well, home could be at the shore, (laughs) you know, I don't need to be in the city. And then if you recall at that time, too, there was a lot of violence in the cities. And I'm hearing a lot of that when I'm working with these people who are coming. They can't buy a house here because they can't find one. So then they think they'll rent and then they'll look you know they'll have their a year to look and they're leaving the cities like i had a lady who you know was really kind of fed up with the violence in philadelphia and she was scared and mm-hmm. she wanted to leave it and that still exists but way back when you know two years ago it was really you know new york the violence and and you know the uh i'll say the aggravation of the city living they, people left the cities. And if they could work from home, then they were working at the shore. So that really made a big drive to us.
2: That's so that's so on point, because if you could take your business with you like never before, we, we talk about it quite a bit on this program, that the pandemic was terrible and obviously the loss of life and all of it is just awful, but there were things that came out of it. And that is that companies began to accept remote work and you know if employees showed they could perform the same or better uh why not it doesn't matter where you do the work if you can do the work you have access to your computers your platforms and all these different things we know the telemedicine which was once very poo-pooed and for for people that did get it they loved it many people thought no no i got to be in the room with my doctor i can't have some video chat he the doctor's gotta be there. They gotta touch me and they gotta we can't do this like this. Now that's come of age. So these things did happen. So you're right. If you're in some uh who knows, some city where they went woke and defund the police and violence and nobody's getting charged anymore and it's just becoming like deadwood, then it's very desirable to come to a peaceful area. Where you can enjoy and also work because of changing circumstances. How much of the pandemic do you attribute to the tight supply?
4: Uh, probably probably a good eighty percent. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I
2: thought you were going to go because, high. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I would say because there's always a certain amount of. You know other factors that would contribute to that but literally that pandemic set off a whole different snowball to the shore if you will because they're like okay we're gonna leave this we're gonna leave this weather we're gonna leave and it was it was defunding the police way back when and all that stuff that was happening the riots people are like nope i'm out of here and they came to the shore
2: if you yeah. call if you call joe daly we'll talk about this after the break but i'll set the stage if you call joe daly and you say Joanne, I would like to put my home up for sale. And all your caveats will be in effect that it's priced right and all of that. And we'll say it's well-maintained. Tell us the experience now of selling that home. Has anything changed, say, from several months ago? Is it any different? Are there less buyers, prospective buyers? Is anything different uh, as we speak. I think that's a good talking point when we come back with Joanne Daly, the official, the exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program, the Joanne Daly team, Joanne Daly herself of REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventner, the official, the exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program and for the Hurley family personally. Joanne's office is located at 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventner and her phone number I put this, I'm telling you, put it in your phone. What's the expression my good friend Mayor Langford taught me years ago? Uh, I'd rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. Put it in your cell phone, your Rolodex, wherever you keep your important numbers because Joanne is the go-to person. You're not going to find a more honest and a more hardworking employee. I remember so many instances where Joanne is multitasking And she just doesn't stop 609-513-8969, 609-513-8969 with Joanne Daly, who, by the way, is a part of the reigning defending championship Hurley in the morning charity golf open foursome. You got that going for you, too, Joe. We'll be back in just a little bit. Early
0: in the morning, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. And now a small business setback,
8: set to smooth jazz. It's late. You're driving in the rain with only one thing on your mind the deer about to total your hvac van but with progressive's 30 plus customizable coverage options you're covered the rest is just
1: saxophone when running your small business gets rough progressive commercial is there to smooth it out get a quote in as little as six minutes at progressivecommercial.com twinkly sound Progressive casualty insurance company
6: and affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack.
0: See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. It's Hurley in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: All right, Joanne Daly. So the question on the floor right before the break was if I call Joanne Daly and you are now selling my home and if we price it correctly, And if we've well, you know, kept the home maintained well and it shows well and all of this, is it a different buying and selling experience now than it was, say, several weeks or several months ago?
4: Yeah, there it, it is. So where like a couple months ago, we would have, you know, I could pretty much guess we would have five offers now with the rates going up that's changing the buying pool it really is so people are really thinking twice about it and you know trying to come up with more money down payment to get better rates so before you know when we had rates that were in the threes we had multiple offers but with the rates going up you know tipping six yeah it's it's yeah it's uh a little bit less of the buying pool there's still buyers out there because there's still the need because there's plenty of buyers out there that sold their property to take advantage of that market
2: let Joe have- Joe go back a step you said need and it reminds me of something we talk about on this program all the time whether it's Charlie Kane whether it's Joanne Daly uh, and Joanne Daly Wallace her, her evil twin sister um, if you're in an environment where it's need buyers, want buyers. Hey, I want this car, but I don't need it, but I want it. I'm going to get it. I don't need this, but I want it. I'm going to get it. Are we shifting from both a strong need and want environment to just a need environment?
4: I think so. Yeah, because I do too. And, I, and just by the what I was out with all week long so far were these renters need an apartment i have this guy he's in dire need and he come. he's that's how he's called me i am in dire need Oof. i have to find something you know and there's nothing out there and as i as on a break i took a look at longport the, longport still has um zero no available <sighs> yearly
2: wow amazing
4: mar-gate has five
2: margate has five ocean city probably has next to zero too doesn't it
4: they never do. It's they so popular. Never do. They're not a yeah. yearly rental market. They're they're really a transient, seasonal market. They rarely ever have
2: yearly rentals. Let me ask you. Let me ask you while we're at it. We'll take a trip around the shore. How about Ventnor? How is Ventnor doing?
4: Ventnor's doing really well. Ventnor it's it's pretty funny because Ventnor Ventnor is you know I want to say um, always. Changing, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, as someone that lived there for still half my life, and I've been gone for about half my life, uh, it has changed a lot. Like we didn't say things like North Beach and all these different things. It it has evolved, hasn't it?
4: It really has, and I have to say, it's funny because there's always this little, I want to say, competition between. And and I'll say it's unvoiced competition, not just with the lifeguards, but between Margate and Ventnor, you know. Um, And Ventnor's always competing with Margate. But the one thing that, you know, Ventnor wins hands down is they have the boardwalk, you know.
2: Now, Hey, Joanne, Joanne, I'm going to say something that's, I think, absurd, but tell me if there's any ring of truth to it. I never thought of this until this... um, train of thought that we're on right now is there any i, I i'm just going to say this and then i'm going to tell everybody up front whether i believe what i'm saying or not is there any truth to the statement margate wants to be like longport and ventnor wants to be like margate is there any truth to that statement no okay i didn't no. think i didn't think there was either but i will tell you some people say that to me but i don't believe it either
4: I know it's funny because each community has their, you know, own amenities that they can boast.
2: But like Ventnor's got the beautiful boardwalk. Margate doesn't have a boardwalk. Longport doesn't have a boardwalk. You 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 can make the case. Uh, Ventnor's got you know the Ventnor Heights. Uh, Ventnor, I've said this, and somebody that's lived there, and I love Ventnor. I love Ventnor. I always, always have loved Ventnor. I love Atlantic City too, and 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 I'm not a Mark Hater Longport Hater either. I, I I take the long way down 559, the the Longport Bridge, rather than go the short way because I love going through. Longport, Summers Point before that, Longport, Margate. I love it. I love seeing how people are upkeeping their homes, the pride. And, you know, uh, I'm not a big fan, Joe, that everybody's just going up. If it's, I forget if it's 39 something feet, you're allowed to go up. Everybody's going to the last inch, it seems, Joe. Yeah, that's sort of, uh,
4: yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. What I was going to tell you, too, about the You know ventnor margate longport thing is that they all have the same water out there you know you're swimming in the same water in ventnor in longport you know so that's all the same you know it's the communities and their amenities that change and ventnor's changing because what margate had was a liquor license the restaurants you can have you know a glass of wine with dinner In Ventnor, they didn't have that. And that's starting
2: to change. And now they they do. They've got the two, I think it's two liquor licenses, correct? Right. Let me tell you something else that I just love while we're just talking about all these ancillary things. And one comment I was going to make is, I've said this all my life, Ventnor is not Margate. Margate is not Longport. And it never will be. They all have their unique character, unique flavor. It's just different. And that's not in a hoity, snobby way or anything, uh, we could keep it going. Northfield isn't Linwood. Linwood isn't Northfield. Uh, Summers Point isn't Northfield. EHT isn't Northfield. I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. Um, we have 23 municipalities in Atlanta County and they're, they're all very, very unique in many, many respects. But I was thinking about how the changes that you were talking about, uh, and I have to say, um, some people resist change. I think the changes in Vetner are spectacular. And, and one other thing while we're talking ancillary, this is what I was thinking of before. And, and I thought it was so stupid when municipalities, you know that establishments used to kind of sneak some tables and chairs outside, not like it is now. Uh, but sneak a few, and you're always playing this kabuki theater. The inspector comes, get it in, and then they kind of look the other way, but if they 're in a bad mood, they give you a ticket or something you know, and it was just what are you doing that for? It's beautiful it's you know it, it, in the beautiful uh outdoor parts of this of the of the year that that's fantastic. Margie and I drove past your office um very recently and It brought joy to me. I saw tables at all of these restaurants that are very near where you are. And it was beautiful to see everybody dining outside. And there were people dining inside. Joe, you know this. I'm not lying when I say this. Local governments used to fight that. How stupid is that? It's like this thing we opened your show with today. So now they don't fight that anymore. (laughs) Right. they having these bistros outside, and it's fantastic.
4: Right. It, it adds to the community. Yeah. And it, I'll tell you the that's why people are coming to be here,
2: you know. They- and by the way, doesn't it help those establishments? Because they can only fit so many tables, so many chairs, so much counter space inside the interior portion. When you can put all these tables outside now, that's fantastic for the business owners who, as you know, need to make it during the summer months in particular uh, to be able to have what they need to make it through the softer months of the year. So I, I really do commend everybody that, that that got their heads out of their you-know-whats uh, and, and just didn't stay stuck on stupid because not only is it economically important for the business community, but I think it's fantastic just as somebody that just drives through it it has a vibe that I I I think it's fantastic.
4: It is, and it really brings the community together because they come down, they they go to their shore houses or the the people that live here year round. They they get to meet and mix, and I'll tell you, like the theater that we have in Ventnor is booming. Oh, people it's, love it.
2: Oh, it's fantastic, and and look at look, they came of age right during the pandemic and they still kept going. I have so much respect uh for for the team there uh and I know some of them. That's just, and and Nucky's is incredible. The whole experience is incredible and and didn't that restoration come out absolutely beautiful?
4: It did. It really did. And I I you know what? Years ago, I saw that, you know, I love that theater. Me too. And it's so funny, but always look at it and say, it just, the potential is there.
2: Joanne, when I was a child, Don and I, we we would both tell you this, uh, we loved it. That was our movie theater. We saw the Dark Shadows movie there when it first came out in the 70s. Uh, We would run from Sacramento Avenue down to the movie theater, the popcorn, the movie, ah. And at one point, you know, there was talk about that being all torn down. And what a save that was for that to be restored in the pristine manner that it was done with such class and elegance, panache. I mean, the fixtures, everything about it is first rate. D'Onofo and all of them deserve a lot of credit because they had to bite the bullet during a very bad economic time. And they got they got through the, you know, to the other end. They did a great job.
4: Right. It is. It's it's beautiful. And that's what adds some of the amenities to Ventnor that Margate doesn't have.
2: Yes. You know? Yes, indeed. It's, it's amazing. So, Joe, it, it, the question that I posed about um, selling the home. So there wouldn't be as many buyers in this environment. That's understandable. Uh, but would the process go smooth and in the same amount of time? Or would you actually have to spend time to even find one qualified buyer?
4: No, there there's plenty of qualified buyers out there and less properties, that's for sure. So that part is is, you know, pretty much the same where there's there are good buyers. The the delay would come with the appraisal. So if they're getting a mortgage, that's still sort of a sticky situation when it has to appraise. I have, you know, I'll just use this as an example with the guy who's bought a home. He's redoing it, taking it from the uh, duplex to a single family so he doesn't have to raise it. And he's putting $300,000 into it now. So he says to me, so, Joe, where do we price it? Mm. I said, well, it's a little tricky because, yeah, you have an ocean view. But in this location, the sales, if you know we're looking at what it's going to appraise for, it's going to be two different: what we want to sell it for, and what we will actually appraise for.
2: And Joe, not only on this property that you mentioned a specific example, but in general, how is the whole appraisal aspect of your business going? Because I know that was um, seemingly lagging in terms of catching up with what you know values were were commanding versus what sometimes uh, appraisals were were yielding it still is it mm. still is it's
4: i'll tell you i had i had a agent you know lament to me that oh my gosh the property appraised for $30,000 less than asking oh. and they had asking on it you know so i think the appraisers
2: are still uh you know apprehensive about it seems like they never bought into that the market was what the market was it almost like they they had their own i'm not saying set of blinders on or anything but it seemed like they had their own lane that they were in
4: right their their own computer algorithm of what was going to be the appraisal because i and i said the market sales price what people are willing to pay is what drive that market sales price, right? That appraisal. I have five buyers willing to pay over asking for this property.
2: So that means that's what it's worth. But and yet that seems to be ignored at times. Right. But then, you know, there's no rhyme or reason because then sometimes you get absolutely maybe at least mildly, if not wildly shocked that an appraisal came in much higher than you expected, right? Right. Right. Right, absolutely. It is crazy. Final minute, Joanne, whatever you would like to close with, time is yours. Oh, my word. I know.
4: Though it's a a crazy market, I really don't want buyers and sellers to be discouraged. You know, there's properties that have been out there. um, They're priced right. The right buyer has to be for that property. So I don't want the buyers and sellers discouraged because of this crazy market. You know, buyers are getting frustrated. I want them to stay on it, to keep going. You know, call me if you have questions. But there's always gonna be, you know, a lid for every pot. So it's out there. It's about staying on it and being, you know, diligent in in finding the property you need or selling the property that, you that have.
2: That is a great way to end your program. We're out of time. Six oh nine five one three 8969 to reach Joanne Daly, REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor. Until next time, Joanne, keep in touch.
6: All right, sounds good. I can't believe we're going into August. I know, it's happening.